Welcome to today's episode of the MBA podcast, Women in MedTech series. I'm Colleen Patterson and joined with Barbara, Abby, and Stephanie, who we met last time. We're fortunate to have Hiam Nadal from Sanciel with us today. Sanciel is the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders, and we're excited to learn more about that organization. Hiam also individually has an extremely impressive track record of being the Center for Innovations and Care Delivery Director at Massachusetts General Hospital, an inaugural Johnson & Johnson Innovation Fellow, selected as Innovation Learning Network Changemaker, was the recipient of the 2020 Extraordinary Women in Advancing Healthcare Award, wrote the book, The Rebel Nurse Handbook, Inspiration Stories by Shift Dif Disruptors, and is the founder and president of Sanciel. Welcome, Hiam. We are, we're very excited to have you. Thank you. That reminds me why I feel so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad you could be, spend some time with us. <laughs> very glad we could spend some time with us. So obviously you have so much background. There, there You have so many highlights throughout your career. Tell us a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are, and specifically, how did Sanciel come to be? Sure, I, I think uh, the way um, Sanciel came to be really was uh, several of us who knew we were innovators from very early on in our careers, but really had no pathway or what I call a tribe sort of to get together and really um, find ourselves. So many of us met at, at the first inaugural hackathon at Northeastern University. So it was the first Northeastern nursing hackathon. And we decided after that, that we felt so good together and we were like-minded. Um, and so we, we met out in the Western Massachusetts um, and we came together and we said, we need to start an organization because nothing was really focused on nurses and then innovation. And so that's why we started Sanciel. Um, and so it's really has, it's pretty amazing because we've only been there since 2019. We now have 535 members already. And so we've also become a national organization. There are many countries that have joined us. And it just speaks really um, to the idea that you know, nurses are innovators and they needed a place to be, to come together, to learn, to ideate, et cetera. And that's what we're trying to do is put, as Nico said yesterday, we are really putting our feet to the fire and taking action and helping nurses thrive. That is fascinating. So what even is a hackathon? So a hackathon is a very intense, usually over a weekend, where people come together, they form teams uh, around certain um, problems they, they see, and over the weekend, essentially hack solutions. And so you're, generally it starts on a Friday night. We would love for you to all join us. The next Nurse Hack for Health is September 22nd through the 24th. It's virtual, it's free, mm -hmm. and it's global. Um, so we're inviting everybody. And so there's a lot of mentors going around. We're, we're going to be teaching design thinking, how to pitch your idea at the end of it. They'll be judging some of the teams that may be able to move on and um, receive a $150,000 award mm -hmm. from All In 
um, you know, who, who really respond to, to well-being of the front lines and stuff. So it's very exciting. And we do this with Johnson & Johnson, Microsoft, uh, and Sanseo. That is you said fact. a really key thing, uh, Ham, uh, is if you give someone sort of a space, an opportunity, they will come and then sort of talk about, you had that issue too, we've had that issue, we thought it was only us, you know, and you kind of hold it in internally and things. So I think providing that sort of environment. So I wanted to ask a question about, you said international, I noticed, you know, I always check out websites and things. So I was on there looking at the global part of it and things like that. So do you see this as uh, something very refreshing to certain different countries and things? And do you get a lot of participation globally? We've had in the last hackathon, we actually had 38 countries join us. Mm. But Sanseal itself just established a Canadian chapter. Um, the next chapter will be in Israel. And today we just received uh, another request from Colombia. So, but Barbara, I want to go back to what you said, because I think it's really critical. I think we, meaning collectively the hospitals, the, the front line, we're all trying to solve the same problems, but in silo. Mm -hmm. Right. So imagine if we had a forum or a platform where we could all share our ideas. So if I already solved problem A, you can move forward and try to solve problem B so we can accelerate all the problem solving. Um, and so, yes, so these hackathons place that forum, but also Sanseal is trying to bring those same people together to share those ideas. So um, just do you have any examples of anything that you could share with us that has resulted as a form of these hackathons in the past or a, a really cool story that you're able to kind of share with us a little bit about that? Yes. So our first hackathon, which was face-to-face, um, -face, um, some of those teams went on to open up their own companies. One was... Um, it's, it was Lumify Care, which was just a very simple light that the nurses can place on their uniforms, and then they don't have to wake patients up when they go in at night, so they can actually see what they're doing. And they've now pivoted to sort of a marketplace for all things for nursing. So that's been a really uh, successful story, and they've re and they've you know garnered probably. Well, I don't know how much uh, funding, but quite a bit of funding. And then Roddy Medical is another. She's amazing. If you can ever get her on to the podcast. She's she's actually one of my clients and her yeah. and Pat are going to come on. We are yes. just going to arrange their date. So, yay. Yes. And Paul Coyne, who who invented Inspirin. I mean, it, it's just amazing what nurses can do. Uh, and of course, we know that because the best inventions and innovation comes from, from the people close to the problems. Mm, yes, that's an important point. Very important point. Now, one of the things that I, when you and I had an opportunity to, to discuss, you know, your participation the other day, Ham, one of the things that you had mentioned to me in passing that I do want to make sure we get the opportunity to discuss is that Sanseal fundamentally is more than just nurses. Um, you know, there's many people that are involved in the success story. And although it is the society for nurses is, is you know, those first three words, talk to me about 
um, how other people who are also passionate about innovation and bringing change to market can help support the organization and your story. Yes. So if you think about the, the entire innovation ecosystem, you need help with engineers, you need help from business developers, you, you, you know, so it, you, it can't be done in silo. And what we realized, especially during the hackathons, where even though it was nursing hackathon, engineers would come up and go up and say, I think I have a solution, but I need nurses to tap into or to run my idea. And we were like, aha moment, let's grab them and let's open this up because medicine is a team sport and we need everybody. So that's really our belief is to get everybody at the table. And during the hackathons, um, you'll see business people, you'll see engineers, you'll see entrepreneurs, everybody giving back um, to, help, to help the teams develop their idea. It's very, very exciting. So yes, we want everybody to join because everybody has a unique lens that can contribute to innovation. So he, um, you and I had the opportunity to actually meet for the first time at a hackathon. And I believe it was like in May of 2020. I just know yeah. <laughs> we were, you know, many of us were locked down and um, the thought of nursing innovation during that time was both exhilarating, but also daunting because we were really trying to figure out how to deliver care, you know? And I just have to say, um, there were a couple of things that I loved about that interaction with you. One was, I think you and I both approached the innovation feedback with the similar spirit, which is um, so many nurses have so many great ideas, but they need a channel to bring them. And um, there is really no bad ideas. It's just a matter of how do you take your idea and my idea and this idea and really maybe bring them together um, to create and solve the ultimate need. And I think you and I had a similar lens with that. But what I wanted to share specifically about Sanciel as an organization was it brings um, a platform and a forum and the support because it's not just nurses at the bedside, it's nurses that have already, you know, started companies and invented products. And it also brings in some of the researchers too from the universities. So it truly brings this melting pot of nursing skill and collaboration. Um, and I think for me, the spirit of nursing was just so alive when we met that day, but I've seen that in every interaction that I've had um, with Sanciel since. And I think, um, for Colleen and Abby and Barbara, I didn't get to share this last week, but I was a nursing um, innovator many years ago and actually it invented a product that's on the market today. But back in the day, we didn't have a group to support us or um, even really within med tech, nurse innovators really didn't have a voice. Um, everything was you know, handed to an engineer or someone else to really bring to market. So um, Hiam, I just want to thank you for the work you're doing with Sanciel, you and Nico and the board of Sanciel plus the membership. Um, I just want to thank you for creating that space and dedicating. I know a lot of what you do is volunteer work. And I just want to thank you for the dedication that you all have um, to, to the profession of nursing and to nurses as innovators. I think thank you, Sia. I think that's such a great point, Stephanie, um, specifically about the idea of who is an innovator, who is an incubator. You know, a lot of the conversations, especially from, from my side of the table, which has been very medical technology driven, has been the idea of, you know, how do new products come to market? And inevitably, the answer will be 
doctors and, and engineers. And people leave out the idea that who is actually closest to patient care? The nurses, you know, they are the ones who see the, you know, hey, we, here are the, all of these problems. We need to bring solutions to the table. So I think that's really exciting that, you know, we're, we're offering those opportunities and avenues. Um, I would say, you know, let's talk about though, like, you know, driving forces and and what our true mission is, you know, where do you see in a, in a perfect world, TM, if you could have all of the funding and the support that was, you know, possible, where do you see the organization going? So I always, I always dream, this is my dream, is to actually have, um, you know, in addition to really upskilling, what I call upskilling the nurses, because there's a lot of upskilling that we need to do. So the educational piece, how to continue to upskill them, allow them to recognize, build their confidence that they are innovators. But when um, Stephanie made a good point is, where do I go? I have an idea. And that's that's the ecosystem that we're trying to develop. So, for example, uh, how do I play? How do I build a, a minimally viable prototype, for example? So we want to try to bring in maker labs or have a place that people can go and try to put these things together. We want to collaborate with industry. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I have an idea. I can't take it any further you want to co-develop together because that is so impactful and powerful. Or the flip side is industry has an idea or a, you know, a solution, but they want to test it out. We would rather that they came to us and test it out, right? Because we're most of the time we're very frustrated by the things that we have to use, the equipment, et cetera, because it doesn't quite work. And, and this was interesting because Stephanie and I attended the health com, um, conference last year, and we walked around the floor, really cool ideas, great technology, great devices, except we knew you know, we knew that none of it was going to work. And because they never tested it with any clinicians or any frontline people. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I, again, I'll refer back to the ecosystem is really all working together, collaborating and having our North Star as our patients and our systems that need to take care of patients. Yeah. And- as I work with suppliers, I bring up human factors engineering all the time. And sometimes it's like, we don't even know what it is. And sometimes they do it where they might uh, take it to one or two people and get some feedback. And sometimes sitting around a table, when I was in provider organizations and the suppliers would come in, we'd all say, and why did you think that was a good idea? It's really not going to work. And they kind of look at you like, I'm just trying to sell this. Yeah, right. right. And he am just a just to make a, a hard point on something you just said. You know, we we were walking through the the trade show hall, and to him's point, we would stop and look at a technology, try to understand what they were doing, and then we would ask if they had any nurses, because let's say the nurse is the end user of what they have. Did you have any nurses on your board of directors? Do you have any nurses providing input and direction? And it was really surprising to us 
how often technologies were being developed and the end user wasn't even a part of the process. And I I just want to make this point because if you're out there today and you're developing a technology, a software, a digital tool, and you're intending it for healthcare, you I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you have the team of users surrounding you on the front end. Otherwise, you will pay, pay severely on the back end. And that was my big takeaway. Um, and and actually the other big takeaway to him was, you know, I'm on the med tech side, you're on the frontline side, and we really need each other, right? So yes. Um, he um, and her team have all these ideas and problems to solve. We have a lot of engineers and sales teams and manufacturing facilities um, where if we can figure out how to bring the two of these things together, that really is how I think we advance healthcare in a much more rapid state. 100%. So let's talk about how people can get involved. You know, we we have said that it's for more than nurses. Um, we have said that it's an incubator. So how is it that, you know, people, whether you're a nurse or let's say you're, a, you know, med tech on that side of it, what, what support are you really looking for today? So I think, well, one of the ways to get involved is anybody can can just email us because we do get those um, requests, you know, again, I, you know, like the engineering story. Um, so we really want to do that. We really want to collaborate and we really want to, um, you know, build, build a cadre of, of people that we can be working with. Um, also, if you think about the global reach these companies can have, or, you know, to tap into this, this vast amount of knowledge that our nurses have. They can even do focus groups and things like that. And it's just easy. They can either join as a member because then they'll get all the information or and or email us. Um, we're happy to meet um, and try to develop some sort of a collaboration. It, and it all depends. It depends who's coming forward and what some of their needs are. But we are, we are speaking to anyone that's coming forward because I think... Uh, it also sometimes it informs us. I may think that we need X, Y, and Z, but somebody comes along and I'm like, oh no, yeah, that's great. We could use that as well. And, oh, Barbara, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, I was just, the thoughts, just, she's, she knows me well, thoughts just sort of fly, you know. I can see it. <laughs> so are you, you personally, or is Sunseal affiliated with like a Massachusetts General Innovation Center or any other innovation centers? Because I'm also here at Mass General, we we do a lot of things. If I can accommodate people, which they do, because if if you speak to many systems, no one really has an innovation center. No mm-hmm. one's really. Um, trying to elicit from the front lines. And I've been meeting with lots of hospital systems that now want to do that. Mm-hmm. We specifically went to uh, the American Organization of Nurse Leaders and we we did a innovation sprint for CNOs and executive leaders at 
at the or at that uh, conference, and it was wildly successful because people have now reached out and said, "Hey, could you come here to my hospital system and do an innovation sprint, or help me figure out how to how to do an innovation program or a committee?" So we're speaking to several hospital systems now. So we're happy to do that mm-hmm. um, because we are leading the way and we're paving, you know, the blazing the path for. Um, hospital systems to do this. And Mm -hmm. I think they're starting to recognize the benefit of having everyone weigh in on what the problems are and the solutions. Mm -hmm. And even though my center is focused on nursing, we we really open it up to anyone that, that reports up to our chief nurse. And that's not just nursing, but all the therapies. I mean, mm-hmm. you need respiratory therapists, you need physical therapists. We need our environmental service people. They stand by the patient's hospital room and, and see and hear a lot of the issues. We wanna hear from everybody. And that's what we're, we're really striving for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a question. So we, uh, you know, we here at the Clinician Exchange actually just recently wrapped up a um, internal voice of the customer polling our our multitude of clinicians that are in our network about, you know, the state of affairs that is currently existing in hospital or healthcare settings. And specifically, we had a series of questions that were about, you know, product inception, or are we are we even viewing new things? Or what does innovation look like at your facility? Is there a pipeline to go to internally if you have ideas? And for a lot of them, we were hearing that they weren't open to new ideas, new markets, turnovers too high, budgets are too tight. In that kind of situation, you know, what are some suggestions that you have to help them inspire the people around them of even when the budgets are tight and even when staffing is hard, we can't stop innovating. Now is even the better opportunity to look and say, how can we do this better, smarter, faster, more efficiently? So how do you how do you overcome some of those hurdles that are in place today? Well, interestingly, we were very, very worried about running a, a, a challenge right after COVID because people were just exhausted and the turnover, et cetera. But what we found, in fact, was that it inspired them and empowered them. They're like, I see all these problems. I'm no longer frustrated. Nothing's going to be done. And then they had the opportunity to solve them. So we found the complete opposite. And I would joke around and say, well, what are you going to do if you become famous now and you can, with your solution and you're going to make all this money? And they're like, if I can stay at the bedside and continue to innovate, this is where I want to be. Because that's why we all went into this, right? We want to, we want to take care of our patients. But if we have this nice outlet to mm-hmm. be creative and, and to give us a little bit of a break, it's a win-win situation. So that's, that's my experience and my learning. And I think you'll see at hackathons, it just energizes people. So it does the same. The other thing is um, we have to be careful because I know in my institution, there's a gazillion people coming at us. We have this solution. We have that solution. And what we're trying to do and what the way I believe we should do things, if we can't solve it internally, then we go externally. And then we say, okay, we have problem A. You do a very deep market analysis. Who is in this space to solve your problem? You bring them in and have them pitch their idea and tell you all about it. And then you go back and say, and, and pilot. 
you have to pilot and see who's going to give you the metrics you need, the cost savings you need, the time savings you need, um, et cetera. So I, I think, and I think one of the successful things here, we actually have somebody dedicated to this, which is myself and some other, there's some other innovation centers that are doing the same. If, if you are asking people to do it above and beyond their jobs, I just think it's not going to succeed. People are very tight and very busy. That's the key, Hiam, is having that dedicated resource and dedicated team. Yeah. Otherwise, your daily staffing or your daily, you know, you've reached bed capacity is always going to take um, to take precedence. And um, so having those dedicated teams focus on innovation is really, really critical. Um, I, I'm curious if you could share you know, what, what you have found and maybe what you recommend through Sanciel to convince or to create that business case for leadership to be able to get like dedicated resources really focused on innovation. Yeah, that's, that's a really difficult, um, <laughs> that's a very complicated question because we're trying. So what we're doing, so what we're trying to do on one end is to train the leaders so they see the benefits. And actually, innovation can be a new line of revenue. You just have to give it some time to these institutions. So that's one way. The, so once you train them in the benefits, I think then they can turn around and support and provide resources that are needed to get these dedicated. If they can't, you know, uh, one hospital I'm working I'm working with can only do an innovation subcommittee. And so that's where they're going to start. So just, I always say start somewhere. So they're going to have an innovation committee. They'll do small, you know, little challenges and see where they go. We just did an innovation sprint at Dartmouth Health in New Hampshire, and they they just couldn't believe the solutions that came out. And one of the solutions is to impact the discharge piece mm -hmm. where no one else is people are very motivated about or or working through the initial input uh throughput and then the discharge but no one's thinking about the middle piece of what is happening that's causing all this capacity issues mm -hmm. so uh we're helping her build that out and the, she's going to save that hospital a ton of money so mm -hmm. um so it's these ideas but but Stephanie, to your point, you have to develop the metrics, what you're measuring, the cost savings, those are really critical. And I would, one of these days, what I would like to do is work with someone to develop the, the innovation business models, because all our budgets and finances and, and modeling is all towards operation. But now is the time to really develop these other new models so we can study them better. Yeah. So music to my ears. Um, <laughs> I directed uh, value analysis at our academic medical center mm -hmm. and had some nurses on my staff, some analysts, but we had support from the CMO, the CNO and all of that. And we all worked together in groups like that so that we could do things based on gaps and how do we identify those gaps how do we do those deep dives and things and so we were like the dedicated team to help 
they would just give us their ideas and feedback and we'd take it and go and do the deep dives and bring back all the information and things and make these decisions. It would drive the suppliers crazy because it seemed like it took forever, but they agreed that it was a good process and that keeping that patient at the center of what you're doing and then working from those closest to the patient and out and keeping all that moving. So uh, I would love to help work on business plans if you ever need. Oh some. my goodness. That's music to my ears. You've got that. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. You know, a, a lot of what, uh, you know, a lot of what we hear from clinicians is the idea of, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to say. I don't know who to go to. Right. I, get, okay. Gather the data, make a use case. Well, I, where do I even find that data? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the idea of having, you know, a, a central place where people can go, you know, that, that idea of collaboration and that coming together, we will all rise up. Um, I think that's really going to be vital in terms of, you know, when budgets are so tight, we, we can't afford in, in time or effort to start from the scratch every single time around. That's right. That's right. And one valuable lesson building out some technology um, was that, you know, generally we have a piece of paper and then we put it onto a computer, right? Um, but it's not the way to do things. So um, what we when we developed this one, um, you know, this one technology, is we took all the um, all the data and all the reports that we had to do for the state, for the federal government. You know, there's lots of mandated reports, as you know, medicine is very highly regulated. And what we did was we worked backwards and developed this this um, electronic uh, record. And so what we did was everything was controlled vocabulary, minimal texting. And the data that we could produce out of this was unbelievable. Um, where some of, the, well, we know some of these electronic medical records that we're using now, we can't get any data. Um, it's very difficult to get data. It's too much free text. So, you know, we've got to start from the beginning. And how do you build things out in a much more, you know, much more <laughs> smarter way? Or, you know, so I've learned some very valuable lessons working on these. Um, to not always just, oh, here's here's how we have to do it. This is the way we do it, but rather really thinking it through and being thoughtful. But that's, again, Barbara, to your point, human-centered design, design thinking, you're you're asking the right questions and you know, and then you're you're not going right to your solution. You're waiting. Mm-hmm. Abby, I know your organization is is also really data driven. Um, what challenges, you know, have you faced or overcome? You know, any suggestions that you could offer about trying to align things, getting stuff out of those free text cells and into actual reportable metrics? Oh, I wish I had a, a response for what the suggestions would be outside of actually understanding the different. Um, we know the data points that are important to us and important to our customer and the in the populations that we serve. Mm-hmm. The challenges that we find, and Hiam, I think you probably you you kind of alluded to this as you started talking about all of the metrics that are mandatory reporting and you know thinking about what goes into having to pull data to get the right information into NHSN as it impacts your overall hospital's reimbursement and things like that. 
the challenge that I find, and I found it was even more so getting into the industry that I'm currently in or into the market space that I'm currently in is that you have, there are so many different platforms out there Mm -hmm. um, that they all don't adequately talk to each other. And they could, but the problem is too, is you can take the exact same platform and put it into two different health systems and they're going to customize it to what makes it their own as well. So then when you want to go back and actually pull all of that to make them talk to each other properly, it's not going to all align in the right regard in the right regard. So you might have one EMR system um, with a completely different lab system than the hospital down the road and having to figure out, I guess, you know, for lack of better terms here, how to hack your way through to pull the data that you need and actually turn it into something meaningful back to your health system. So you're able to highlight that. So I guess one of the, um, I I didn't want to get too weeded into one of the questions that I had for you, Hian, but as you were talking through some of that in some of the things that you've helped some of these health systems hack or work their way through, how often are you finding that it ends up being something that is actually uh, that you, you can actually replicate into additional health systems, or is it having to continue to be customized down the road? Does you know? Do you have any experience with that? And what would you? I guess turning Colleen's question on me, background on you. Do you have suggestions <laughs> on how that would actually work? Um, <laughs> yeah, the million dollar question. I think right, that everybody it is a million wants dollar to solve. Question, and yeah. I, I really. I really wish we could solve it because all the points you made, Abby, are just so critical. You know, there are different platforms, but nothing talks to each other. So maybe that's one place to start. Um, And in exact, you know, but really identifying what do we need to know um, and what, you know, what data do we need to know? What, what is it that we're trying to do and perhaps start there. And again, um, work backwards and see who can fulfill that. I, um, yes, it's very complicated, and um, I know there's always meetings here trying to figure that out. But you know, it's, it's just trying to do a simple project and trying to who owns this data, who owns that data, where do I get this data? It isn't just where do I find it, but who has access to it, and and things like that. So, Colleen, when you mentioned people get really overwhelmed and yeah. say, "I don't even know where to start." That is that is an accurate statement, um, but you know, um, I love I love those kind of um, problems because I really like to solve them, and we're building and we're documenting so that we don't have to repeat it. We have to go back to get that certain information or that certain person. So I know I didn't answer your question, Abby, but <laughs> that uh, is okay. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, that does highlight something, a, a real true sticking point. And again, when you, I think that a lot of uh, innovators may struggle with coming up with, if we only had this, then this, you know, if we only had A, then B would be solved across the board. And those ideas can take off and become really big, really fast. And I, I have personal experience in this. In, in some of the projects that I've tried to launch in the current organization that I'm in. And it was that I would, I would bring into the fold other voices, um, as definitely key stakeholders that would benefit from what it was we were trying to put together. But the next thing we knew, the whole project was just bigger than we could ever even get started and it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you have your, you know, I guess one of the things that is important to stick to is when you are getting started, start with your needs to haves. You know, what's the most important piece 
start with your needs to haves and then start lining out and prioritizing your nice to haves. And eventually those nice to haves will turn into needs to haves as you start to progress through. So that's, that's an important sticking piece um, and maybe just a start to the answer to that big question that we all want to solve. And it's how are we eventually going to get all of this important data mining to actually talk to each other so it's something meaningful. Right, right. Excellent. Yeah, I think com yeah, coming full circle from where we started the conversation, it's really getting all those key voices because you have pediatrics, you have adult, you have critical right. care, you have anesthesia. That's you've got right. just see, I got you to laugh at anesthesia, <laughs> but you've got all these. But they have the best data. <laughs> they do. They're they do. Very, I don't know how specific. they get it. I love those guys. You know. Me too. It's but, really hard to skip steps in anesthesia. Yeah. Let's be no, real. Yes. <laughs> so. But if you make a little change here and you don't have them at the table, it can ripple into, you just brought my OR to a halt because now I can't do X, Y, and Z. So you'll learn very quickly that all those voices that count. Absolutely. And, and I want to circle back to one, uh, another thing in the beginning of our conversation about the you know, who should be at the table. We need our insurance payers at the yeah. table. Mm. Um, I, I think that the burden is always on the health system and the health and, you know, medics, you know, medical people and all of that to solve the healthcare problems. We can't because a lot of what we do, our hands are really tied by the insurance payers. So if I see a clear need, let's talk about mental health for example, if we don't have enough mental health workers here to, 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 you know, refer a patient to, but there is somebody available in Kansas, why can't we send that our patient to that person in Kansas? But the insurance payers will 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 won't pay for it, right across state lines and stuff. Mm -hmm. We've got to stop breaking down all these barriers, but they're they're a really critical piece of this entire ecosystem. Especially as you innovate, because what you yeah. innovate, you may not be able to either charge for or get denied, but exactly. it's better care overall. So how do you bring them on board? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's my next goal. <laughs> <laughs> too many goals. Too, too many time. goals, but we'll get there. <laughs> well, actually, you know, yes. I, I was just thinking that, you know, we we have our own insurance now. Um, and I think that's a great place to start and see what their pain points are. And having them at the table, let them recognize some of the, the pains that we go through. Like, why does it take me three days to get a prior auth for a patient when mm -hmm. I'm much needed? Let, let's all work together. How about, you know, we simplify it or even get rid of that prior auth and, you know, so things like that. So um, mm -hmm. anyway, I can go on. And <laughs> I think that's pieces, you know, private payer, public payer, regardless, um, at the end of the day, it, it, you know, while we want to put the patient in the center of the focus, things still have to have, they still have to be paid for in some form or fashion to begin with. So, and I do think that that is another big challenge that a lot of innovators may find themselves in is they can come up with a brilliant idea that is going to make so many lives and jobs easier. But if there's not a way that it's going to end up being paid for and not hitting too much of the hospital's bottom line revenue when you're already operating on a 2% margin at best these days, most are much less than that. 
then yes. not knowing how to follow the money is going to be a major challenge for a lot of these um, innovators that are coming up with these ideas. So being able to bring them into the fold is going to be really important. Absolutely. So critical. So I am going to say we're getting toward the top of our hour. We just want to make sure that do we have any final questions, thoughts, um, anything that we want to, while we have, he am so generously sharing her time with us. Any final, final items we want to send her way? I'll start just by saying a major, major thank you. Um, I, I first heard of Sanciel seriously just two weeks ago when Stephanie first brought it up. And I immediately logged on, went ahead and joined, and I'm and looking forward to becoming more. Uh, it is exactly, I can't believe actually I've been in the industry as long as I have, and this is the first that I've heard of it, so I apologize. But um, <laughs> very excited to have been exposed to it and, uh, and and really being able to follow you a bit more closely. And, and major thank you for being um, our first guest on uh, this actual series, a fantastic start. Thank you, Abby, and and please uh, lend us your expertise um, and, you know, provide a meetup and we can, you know, we can have nurses come and, and hear you and, and learn from you. It'd be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I look forward to more engagement in the future. Barbara? Yeah, I just want to also thank you. This has been great. I get all excited just sitting here. I can't even sit still because of all the great <laughs> things that you're all doing out there. And uh, it makes me miss being in provider chair once in a while and being able to do those sorts of things, but hopefully I can do some things out here. So anytime uh, I'll send you my information and things and anytime you want to noodle on something, but this has been really great and really appreciate everything that you've done. Thank you, Barbara. Stephanie? Yeah. Uh, Hiam, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, thank you to the Sanciel team and Nico and the, the board. Um, I, I just want to iterate what I think was really important that we talked about today. And that is, if you're listening today and you are on the med tech side and you're developing technology software solution that's going to touch the hands of a nurse, I would highly recommend that, um, number one, you have a nurse at the table with you, but number two, um, that you look into Sanciel and strengthen um, your your nurse surroundings. So Sanciel, thank you. Thank you. And Hiam, thank you for being the leader of that organization at this time. Thank you, Stephanie. I have to tell you, Stephanie's my soulmate. Whenever I'm down, I just talk to Stephanie. She lifts us, she lifts me up. <laughs> That's great. It's mutual. <laughs> Kim, any final thoughts, any any item that you didn't get a chance to share yet about either yourself or Sanciel? No, I, I, you know, please join us, um, help us grow and lend all of you that are listening your expertise. Uh, this is hopefully a two-way or three-way or four-way uh, situation and we can all work together and we're going to shift the paradigm in the way everything's being done. Let's do it together. Thank you what? for having me. Oh, our pleasure. What a great conversation today. It takes a village. And I think it's never really been more true than what we've been talking about today, that it really is going to be about everyone coming together for what innovation means and what the future of healthcare can look like. A special thank you to Hiam and Sanciel for sharing your story and insights. If you'd like to get involved with Sanciel, you can visit them on the web at sanciel.org. And we'll also have a link in the bio and caption for today. 
Thank you for joining us. And if you have not already, be sure to subscribe below.